0: Well, I thought we was going to have church for a little while. You all have convinced me that you love the Lord, and that's important to me, important to all of us. Aren't you glad to be in his presence right now? Praise God. You know what some people, what some people don't understand with our high praises and our excitement and all the things we're doing, if you'll reach down low, you'll feel a real deep, deep move of the Holy Ghost It's in this place right now. You feel it? Amen. God's here for a reason. He's here for a purpose. He's here to strengthen. He's here to encourage. He's here to heal, deliver, save. That is the main thing. That's the main business God is in is saving lost souls. Whatever category that you fit in today, the Lord wants to meet with you. He wants to help you. He wants to talk to you. Now I would like to say how much I appreciate the wonderful hospitality and all the things that have been provided for my comfort. And um, I have so much enjoyed getting acquainted with your pastor. He is a a very uh, exciting person. (laughs) He's excited, and he knows how to get that off on you. I almost got up and shouted, but I had to save my strength. (laughs) You know, at a certain age, you only got so much, and you have to kind of figure out where you're going to spend it. So after all of the things that he said about me, as I walked up here, I told him, I said, boy, you really put a high mark for me to have to try to measure up to today. (laughs) Amen. But I'm just delighted to be here, and uh, I've known of your pastor for a number of years, and he has of me, but we just didn't have the opportunity to meet one another in in person. I think at meetings or something, might have got a glimpse of each other, but I wasn't even sure. I wasn't even sure what he was going to look like when I got here. And you know what? He didn't look one thing like what I thought he was going to. <laughs> that's not that's not a bad thing either way. I'm just telling you, you know how you get something in your mind? You hear what somebody said, what somebody's preached, what somebody's done and all that, and you get a picture of him in your mind. I thought he was going to be a whole lot bigger than I am. <laughs> but uh, he wasn't. We're about in the same height, and... Same bill and all of that. But anyway, um, I really enjoy being with you, my brother. I feel like I've known you for years. Feel that bond in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Amen. In the book of Revelation, I'd like to turn your attention to the last chapter in the Bible. If you're having trouble finding that, go to the back of the Bible and turn the first page over, and you'll find it pretty quick. Revelation chapter twenty-two. I'm going to begin reading in verse number sixteen. Amen. Enjoyed the worship. Enjoyed the service. And also good to meet your first lady. And uh, anyway, appreciate the beautiful choir and all the singing, the worship and praise. But there's nothing like the word of the Lord. Uh, to He's the one that puts it all together. Revelation twenty two sixteen. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. I like that, don't you? Let him that heareth say, come. Let him that is athirst thirst come. Whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Everybody's included in the invitation. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Amen. They're numerous. Speaking of the book of Revelation, many, many things are, are testified about and prophesied. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city from the things which are written in the book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Would everybody say amen with me? Even so, come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And again, we meet this beautiful word. Amen. Can we say amen to the reading of the word of the Lord? Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I'll announce my text here in just, or not my text, but my uh, title here in just a few moments. But I want to begin by talking about this universal word, this word that is used more than any other word according to the information that I have read Uh, in any language in the entire world is this little word that I ask you to repeat with me, this little four-lettered word that says amen. And, you know, saying amen is not just a tradition. There's something important attached to it. This is more than just something that some preacher thought up and said it will sound real good if ever so often while I'm preaching somebody would say Amen. And, uh, and so it, it's, it's bigger than that. But God is the one that instituted this word, and what you are saying when you say amen, you are saying, I am in agreement with what was said. I believe it, and I will comply with it. That is the meaning of this little word. I believe what the Bible says. I accept it. And I make a promise and a vow to God that I am going to fulfill what he said in his word. In other words, you have to sign on. You have to get involved. You have to make a commitment. You have to make an agreement with yourself and with God. And you probably might as well include the devil while you're at it. Amen. And so it becomes somewhat of a vow or a pledge of obedience Let me read you just a little bit more here. I don't normally do this a lot, but to get us where we need to go, I need to do this today. I'm going to read from you a little excerpt from uh, uh, some history on this word. The word amen is the most remarkable word. It was transliterated, which means instead of translating, where they change it from Spanish to English or from English to French, or whatever, and they use the equivalent word as close as possible in the other language. When it's transliterated, they took the word and just moved it over, and they say the same thing in Spanish as we say in English, and the same thing in French as we say as someone would say uh, in in English, the same thing, the same word. It's become a universal word, and so uh, Here's how it says it's transliterated directly from the Hebrew into the Greek of the New Testament, excuse me, then into Latin and into English and many other languages so that it is practically a universal word. It has been called the best-known word in human speech. The word is directly related, in fact, almost identical to the Hebrew word for believe, imam, or faithful. Thus it came to mean sure or truly. An expression of absolute trust and confidence. Amen. Firm. Faithful. If it's put at the beginning of a discourse, it means surely, truly, or of a truth. What I'm going to tell you is of a truth. It is sure. It's steadfast. If it's at the end, it means so be it. And may it be fulfilled. It is a word that has tremendous meaning. And we don't just use it lightly. Amen. Back in the early days of the church, it was a custom. It passed over from the synagogues to Christian assemblies, and so forth and on. so forth and so on. And when people offered up solemn prayer to God, the others that are listening responded and said, "Amen." And do you know what that signified? When you say "Amen," it makes the substance of what was uttered your own. In other words, it becomes you have personal ownership." the thing you just heard. That's how you get it from here down here. Amen. When you say amen, I receive it. I accept it. I believe it. I stand upon it. Praise God. The first time this word is used in your Bibles in Numbers 5.22, and it's talking about the passage of Scripture where it deals with a, a husband that is real, real jealous of his wife, and he feels like she's not been faithful and true to him. There is, there is a provision made in the law that the husband can bring his wife before the high priest, and the high priest is going to question her. And if she says, no, I, I have not been unfaithful to my husband, then he takes uh, some of the dust from the floor of the tabernacle and mixes it with water, and he pronounces over her, if you are lying, basically, uh, this, is gonna, this is going to rot your insides, and and, and you're going to to, uh, die a terrible, terrible death. And he required for that woman to say amen, which means I understand it and I receive it. That's a negative application. But this is when it was first, first, uh, I guess you would say, used uh, in the Bible. Now, I want to just pause right here, and I want to tell you now what my subject is. My subject is this, let the church... Or let the saints say amen. How about let's go and let the church say amen. Amen. Oh, that's pretty good for for beginners. (laughs) Amen. Let's try it again. Let the church say amen. Amen. Wow. You want to preach, Elder? (laughs) Okay, I'm doing just fine. I'll check in every once in a while. If you believe I'm not doing so well, just shout me down. <laughs> Amen. Okay, so uh, this this person, this priest, charged one with an oath of cursing and said, "Woman, if 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 you are not telling the truth, he said, I'm making a curse and an oath among thy people when the Lord doth make thy thigh to rot and thy belly to swell." Amen. And this water that causes the curse shall. Go into thy bowels to make thy belly to swell and thy thigh to rot, and the woman shall say, Amen, Amen. My, my, my. It's a good thing we're going to be talking about today, but I just want to let you know everything I could find out about it. So in prayer, when we say Amen, it means to make it steady, let it be ratified, let it be so. But this woman, signified by her agreement with God's word, that she was going to be cursed if she had been unfaithful to her husband. Now let's go to a very, very positive use of the word in the way that we use it nowadays. The next time this expression is used is mentioned, as Israel made, as they made provision and all to go into the promised land. This all happened outside before they went into the promised land to claim their promise. And Moses instructed Joshua, he said, now I'm not going to get to go over. But he said, I'll tell you what I want you to do. He said, when you go over there, there's two mountains that are opposing one another. One is Mount Ebal and the other is Mount Gerizim. And I want you, as you go into that valley, to take large stones and stand them up and make them very prominent. And I want you to plaster them over and it would be kind of like a whitewash or something like that. And he said, I want you to write all of the laws of God on those stones As we enter into the promised land, I want you to get it down in your soul, amen, that you're going to have to serve God and you're going to have to fulfill, amen, the commandments of the Lord. I want you to say amen as you pass by, amen, and sign on that we are going to be the people God wants us to be. We're going to claim our possession. We are going to build something great for God in this land of promise, Amen. So he split it up. He split up uh, the people into uh, uh, two different sections, two different groups. There were 12 tribes. He put six of them in one side, six on the other side. And the one on one side, they were to recite all the words of the law, and then the people were to say, Amen. And so uh, Joshua commanded uh, the tribes of Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin stand up on Mount Gerizim and bless the people. And Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulon, Don, Dan, and Naphtali were to stand up on Mount Ebal to read the curses. So you got a choice to read the blessings and the curses, the good, the ugly, amen, the positive, the negative, amen. We're going to do something great for God Till we're going to be a failure and overcome by our enemy. It all depends upon if people were willing to say amen to every one of these commandments and mean it from their heart. Amen. It's easy to speak words with your lips, but it's much harder sometimes to live up to the things that you have promised. And it's very, very important that we get this down in our heart to where it becomes part of us. We become part of it. You can't separate one from the other. Amen. You're an honest person, and everybody knows you by being honest because you read, amen, not to, uh, not to tell lies, not to steal Amen, not to not to speak falsehoods against your neighbor. Are you listening to me? Amen, you are known by what you do, uh, by the fruit of your life, what you are and what you are not. Amen, I guess the thing that would make me more upset than anything else would be for somebody to call me a liar. I may be a lot of things, but I'm not a liar. Amen. I, I, even when I was a kid, I, was, uh, I had the gift of getting in trouble. And uh, I was really good at it. And uh, so uh, the teacher at school would say, well, who did so-and-so and so-and-so? And I'd say, I did it, and I wasn't doing that for attention. I just felt like lying was the very worst thing I could do, worse than the things I'd already done. Amen. And, and so I have always had deep, deep respect For honesty. And you know what? That comes from God. Because everything about God is yes, yay, and amen. It's positive, it's a promise. Praise God. It it has contained within it the very things that we need. And and God hates, God hates dishonesty. He he doesn't like those that that tell a lie or those that make a lie. Somebody said, What's the difference? Do you want to know? I'll tell you what the difference is. A little boy is in trouble because he made a big mess, and he doesn't want mama to know he did it. And she said, "Did you do this?" And he says, "No, I didn't do that." And he's telling a lie. That is a lie. That's not good. He should be punished for lying. I think one of the reasons I hated this auntie so much is we got punished worse for telling a lie than we did for what we did. And 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 so and so. Uh, this, this, you know, that, that's different, though. The difference between telling a lie is people tell lies to cover up, amen, to uh, get something they want or whatever. But when you make a lie, it is a premeditated act where you are willing to cover something up to cover up your own sin, your own shortcomings. And what you do is you manipulate things until the person believes what you want them to believe, but you never did say it. Because when you tell a lie, sooner or later, somebody's going to be able to validate that you're a big liar. Amen. Because what you said never did happen. It wasn't true. But whosoever maketh a lie. I'm going to tell you, a lot of people think misleading people to keep them from knowing the truth about them, it's not that big a deal. It's worse than just a bald-faced lie. So while we're signing on and saying amen, why don't we just include honesty on the list? Pure, unadulterated honesty. There's a lot of people in my life that I'm friends with, and if they tell you something, you can can sign your life on it. I don't go behind them and try to prove if they did or didn't because they're men of integrity. They're men that I've known for years. They're men that I've seen have to take hard licks, but they would not tell a lie. Praise God. Have you ever said something about somebody they found out and they ask you if you said it? That's tough, isn't it? If you really get honest, you know what? It'll break you of saying some things like that about people. Amen. Praise God. I don't know why I'm saying all that. That's not even part of my message, but it is now. Just add that in there. And So anyway, here's what happened. I'm going to read you a few verses here, a whole bunch of them, and I want you to help me because at the end of every one of these verses, it ends like this, and all the people shall answer and say amen. And when I read that, and get through reading that statement, I want you to holler amen at me. Will you get on board? How many is going to help me today? Amen. amen. I feel like God's going to do something here for us before we get through today. Deuteronomy 27, verse number 14. Deuteronomy 27. Those of you in the, that's uh, running the overheads and all of that stuff, you're welcome to put that up on the board. I'm going to be going in order of these verses from 14 through 26. Deuteronomy 27, 14, And the Levites shall speak and say unto all the men of Israel with a loud voice, Cursed be the man that maketh any graven or molten image, an abomination unto the Lord, the work of the hands of the craftsman, and putteth it in a secret place. Are you ready? And all the people shall answer and say, Amen. Say it again. Let me say it first so you got your cue and then everybody say it together. All right. You did pretty good. Let's, let's, let's look at the next verse. Cursed be he that setteth light by his father or his mother. In other words, he doesn't honor his father or mother, which the law says to honor your father and mother. And all the people shall say amen. amen. Very good. Curse be he that removeth his neighbor's landmark. And all the people shall say Amen. Cursed be he that maketh the blind to wander out of the way, and all the people shall say, Amen. Amen. Cursed be he that perverteth the judgment of the stranger, fatherless, and widow, and all the people shall say, Amen. Amen. Now it gets very, very down. uh, uh, Well, you'll, you'll just see here in just a little bit, it gets right down to the heart of the matter. It says, Cursed be he that lieth with his father's wife because he uncovered his father's skirt and all the people shall say "Amen." amen. How many of you know that God hates immorality in any expression? I said God hates immorality. He hates perversion. Amen. This world is full of it and they're promoting it and they said they're coming after our children but God hates it with everything within him. In the beginning, God created man. He created both man and woman. And that's the way God intended for it to be. The woman was to be a companion to the man that God had created first. And when God changes his mind, he'll let us know. Glory to God. But that spirit's on the loose. Amen. It's creeping into churches. There's times when things flare up. And you find out the devil's made inroads even into the church. The next thing it says, curse be he that lieth with any manner of beast, bestiality, and all the people shall say amen. amen. Poor little innocent animals molested by human beings. What a shame. Curse be he that lieth with his sister, the daughter of his father, or the daughter of his mother, and all the people shall say amen. amen. He's dealing with all kinds of different forms of immorality here. Cursed be he that lieth with his mother-in-law, and all the people shall say amen. amen. Cursed be he that smiteth his neighbor secretly, and all the people shall say amen. amen. Cursed be he that taketh reward, to slay an innocent person. And all the people shall say, amen. amen. Curse be he that confirmeth not. Just a moment, let me stop. This has been shouted from the side of a mountain and being answered from the side of another mountain over here. And it's written there before them. And what they are saying is, we accept the terms that's required to enter into the, that which God has promised us. And there are things that God has promised us as individuals, things that God has promised us as a church. And when we accept, amen, the covenant of God, when we accept the things that God asks us to do, amen, it's just a matter of time that we're going to possess the land that God has promised us we can have. Somebody say amen. Come on, say it again. Oh, hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise. Glory to your name, Jesus. Glory to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Cursed be he that taketh reward to slay an innocent person, and all the people shall say amen. That's murder. That's what that is, cursed be he that confirmeth not all the words of this law to do them, and all the people shall say, Amen. So, this expression is continued to be used throughout the Old Testament over and over and over. Then we come into the New Testament, and the New Testament claims divine inspiration for its authorship. And, and all the books of the New Testament end with the word Amen, except for the book of Acts and James and third, John, all the rest of the books of the New Testament end with the word in the last statement of amen. In other words, when you finish reading this, when you say amen, you have signed on and have agreed to obey the things that were written in the book that you just, you just read or heard read before you. When you come to church, amen, and the man of God delivers his heart, and you say amen, you have signed on. Praise God. If you're a part of this church, you need to be signed on to everything this church stands for. Amen. Praise God. So, as they read these epistles and it was passed from one congregation to another, and they'd read these epistles. Amen. When they finished, the people would say amen and show their agreement with the word of God and make a promise we will obey it. Now, you might wonder. Of all the books in the New Testament, why the book of Acts does not end in amen? Do you know why? It's very simple. That book is not finished yet because this records the actions of the apostles and the believers. And we're still in the church age. We haven't got to the end of it. Amen. But the amen that I read to you in our text today, when that takes place, that's when the book of Acts is finished. And we move into a new dimension. Praise God. So, the book of Acts is still being written right here, this church right here. Amen. You're helping write the book of Acts. Hey, have you all seen any miracles take place? Have you seen anybody get the Holy Ghost? You seen anybody get delivered? Amen. Seen anybody uh, get the revelation on the Godhead? Amen. And leave that nasty Trinity doctrine behind? Seen anybody get rebaptized the Bible way? Hey, you're still adding to the book of Acts. Don't slack up. More, 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 more. Hey Amen. Why do we invite people? Why do we make such a big deal over, over guests coming and so forth? It's because we want them to experience what we have experienced. Because we don't know of anything better. And some of you have tried everything that you were physically able to, 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 to do, and you never found satisfaction. You never found what you were looking for till you came into this church. This is where you found liberty. This is where you found peace. This is where you found joy. This is where you found a reason to live. This is where you found something you could do for God. Amen. It's to the pampering your flesh all the time. Praise God. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Jesus filled you with the Holy Ghost, say amen if you like it. Did you get baptized in Jesus' name? Amen. Hallelujah. Did you speak in tongues when the Holy Ghost came? Amen. Did you tell somebody else about it before you went to bed? And again, and again, and again. did people get tired of seeing you coming, and some of them are trying to dodge you? <laughs> Maybe they still are. Could somebody say? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Praise God. Now, let's just, this This is different. I understand that. I don't know why I'm doing this other than God laid it on my heart, so that's good enough for me. But we go to the first book in the New Testament, which is Matthew. It tells mainly the, the, the life and the ministry and the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And right here, the very last verse of Scripture in Matthew's chapter 28, verse 20. And it ends like this. Teaching them okay, what the wrap up of this is. You preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be named. These signs shall follow them. And believe. Teaching them To observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Jesus told his disciples, don't let people in thinking they don't have to do anything. They don't just come and sign up and everything's all right. Amen. But they got to make some promises. They got to change some things. They got to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Teach that to them. And lo, I'm always, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen is what it says. Praise God. The end of Mark. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. And we're continually in the temple, Luke 24, 53, praising and blessing God. Come on. Help me out. I'm going to let you take the lead this time. When I pause, I'm saving energy. I'm taking my breath while you all do the hollering for me. Is that fair enough? I want you to be as tired when we go home as I'll be. Amen. I'm going to give it all I got, you give it all you got, and we won't feel like fussing and fighting with anybody. We'll just be looking for the trough, something to eat. (laughs) Praise God. And there are also many other things, John 21, 25, which Jesus did. The which, if they should be written, everyone, listen to this. This is a great verse of Scripture. I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Can you imagine how many books that would be? That's the end of it, so. Romans 1627, first epistle that's in order here uh, written by Apostle Paul. Uh, 1627, to God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. 1 Corinthians 16, 24, church at Corinth. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians 13, 14. And the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Galatians 6, 18. All of these are the last verse of Scripture in these books of the New Testament. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. You're getting tired. You want me to quit just because you're tired? Come on, just just another handful or two, and we'll get to the end of this. Praise God. Philippians 4.23, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Colossians 4.18, the salutation by the hand of me, Paul. Remember my bonds. Grace be with you. 1 Thessalonians 5.28, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. 2 Thessalonians 3.18, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. 1 Timothy 6.21, which some professing, he's talking about the doctrine, have erred concerning the faith, grace be with thee. 2 Timothy 4.22, the Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit, grace be with you. Titus 3 and 5, all that are with me salute thee. Greet them that love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Philemon, Philemon 1.25. Amen. Hebrews 13.25, grace be with you all. First Peter 5.14, greet ye one another with the kiss of charity. Peace be with you all that are in Christ Jesus. 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Oh, listen to that. Listen to that. You're going to say amen here in just a little bit and say, i make that promise. Amen. i make that vow. I absolutely intend to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Shout it with me. Amen. amen. First John 5, 21, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. Idols? I don't have any idols. If you have anything that comes between you and serving the Lord, you do. You got anything that comes between you and being at church just because you didn't want to come, you got an idol, maybe several. Amen. All right, 2 John 1, 13, the children of thy elect, sister, greet thee. Jude one twenty five to the only God, wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and ever. Amen. And now we come to the book of Revelation. Amen. It describes the consummation of the ages. Everything's coming together. Things are written in the book of Revelation. We're seeing them begin to unfold in the day and hour that we're living in. We're getting closer and closer and closer to the coming of the Lord Jesus. This is not time to kick out of the church. This is time to get into church more than you ever have in your entire life. To take it to another level. Another depth of consecration. Amen. Another uh, area of your life. Amen. That you totally submit to God. Praise God. And Revelation, it's the last book in the Bible, and literally what it's saying is there's not going to be any more books written that will be contained in part of the Bible. This is the end of the written word from this point forward. We go by the word that's already written. Amen. But he said that a curse, a curse, a terrible curse, is pronounced upon anybody that adds to the word of God, the written word of God, or anybody that tries to take away some from the words of this prophecy. Chapter 22, 1821. we're in the very last verses of this, uh, of our Bible. And, and John rep, read, uh, wrote, for I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. Now, this really stands out to me because of where we're at right now worldwide. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. There's a lot of things coming upon the world in the end time, and your protection is being wrapped up in the name of Jesus. Doing the things that are written in this book, the things that you have ascribed to, the things that you have signed up for, the things that you've practiced over the years, don't let down at this stage of the game. It's time to lay aside every weight and every sin that does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that sat before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Hey, if you'll hang on, you're going to make it. You may get tired, you may get weary, you may get discouraged, but keep hanging on to the promises of God. For there's yea and amen in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Seems like that's kind of the theme of this service today is the promises of God are still in effect and God is going to accomplish and fulfill the things which he has promised to the church. Hallelujah. Then verse 19 says, and if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy. You know, there's a lot of people like to take some things out of the Bible. Well, that's not for this age. That was for the Old Testament. Well, this was for the early church. They talked in tongues, but after that it wasn't necessary. And and we hear all this kind of stuff. You know what people are doing? They're taking away from the Word of God. And it's an abomination in the sight of God. And God will not uh, just, could I say, take it sitting down? One thing in your Bible reading you might notice is every time God stands up, it's for judgment. When he's ruling over his people, he's sitting on the throne. But when he stands up, it's when he's going to war against the enemies of the people of God. Amen. So if you take away the words of prophecy of this book, what's the punishment? God shall take away his part out of the book of life. Your name's been removed. Somebody said, once saved, always saved. Not if you try to take things out of the word of God. And you're going to, your part's taken out of the holy city and the things, i.e., the promises which are written in this book. In other words, you have struck out, mister. You've reached a point above and beyond where God wants to fool with your foolishness any longer. Amen. Amen. And so the book of Revelation concludes like this. He which testifieth these things saith, surely I come quickly. Somebody help me out. Amen. Again. Which means even so, come Lord Jesus. Does anybody here today believe that Jesus is coming soon? When you hear some preacher say in the pulpit, Jesus is coming soon, does it make your heart leap for joy? Or does a feeling of dread and fear come over you? Amen. I'm going to tell you what it's going to take to be ready when the rapture of the church takes place. What it's going to take is you have to have said and lived by this. To be rapture ready, you must say amen to every single thing that's written in the word of the Lord. Are you listening? Amen. Is there anything you kind of stumble over or back off from? Hey, it's time to embrace it. It's the Word of God. Love the Word of God. Love the commandments of God. All of them are given for our admonition. They're given to help us become what we need to be. Hey, he didn't give those commandments to help God to be God. But he gave us those commandments to help us to become more like God. Amen. The more we can follow the word of God, the closer that we get to him and the more like Jesus we become. Amen. So in, in such a situation as this, there's the way if you could say amen to the promise of the coming of the Lord and mean it and be doing what you're supposed to be doing, you'll be ready for the coming of the Lord. Here's some things I want to wrap up here with just a little bit. Amen. When your pastor exhorts you, and I know he does, although I haven't heard him, I've heard enough to know it all goes together. Come out of the same Bible. When he exhorts you to be faithful to the house of God, what are you supposed to do, pout? He don't understand? I'm tired when I come home from work. No, what you're supposed to say is amen. I accept that, Pastor. Thank you for caring for my soul. Thank you for not letting me slip and get by. Amen. Thank you for reminding me that these things are necessary for me to please the Lord. I want to be saved more than anything else. I want to be saved more than I want to keep my job. What do you say when he preaches? you got to be faithful with your tithe and offering. And you know how you say it really loud is as you put it in the basket, and as you do it, just say, amen. amen. Look up at your pastor and smile and say amen, and he'll smile right back at you, guaranteed. Amen. Well, what about when he preaches against carnality and sin? And he don't just say carnality and sin, he spells it out. I mean, he names sin, he names carnality. What are you going to say? And when you say amen, what does that mean? I'm lining up. I agree. Amen. I'm going to get closer to God. I'm going to follow your lead. What about if he has to correct your children? What I don't understand is why people get so angry at a man of God for stopping their kid and say, you know, we're not going to be cutting up like that in church, and uh, you, you 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 need to settle down a little bit. And the parent gets mad at you, but they, they holler at them worse than that. What, what, what made them so immune that they're not supposed to be corrected like others? Let the church say amen. I have a number of saints in my church, so I get on to their kids that come to me and say, Thank you, Pastor. We appreciate you so much. Thank you for not letting our kids get by with acting crazy in the house of God. What about when your preacher preaches against worldly and ungodly music? Let the church say, amen. I'm gonna change what I'm listening to. I'm gonna clean it up a little bit, amen. What about when he preaches against being involved in sports and other f- forms of worldly amusement? Man, you going to go home and, and look at a ball game on your computer? Huh? Somebody said, well, it's not TV. Really? Really? Just another form of the same? Hey, I'm going to tell you what. There's nothing on those places that's any good for a Christian. You can go online and download the same recipes that you can find on some kind of cooking show. Well, hallelujah. How many of you like good recipes? Huh? You ever tried to eat one? Well, you have if you're eating it and it's been prepared. How did you make that? What's the recipe? You might know the ingredients, but you don't know the proportions. You don't know what was done to what. You don't know when it was blended in. You don't know when it was taken out. You don't know when it was skinned. I'm going backwards now. But what I'm trying to say is we're using a lot of things. I'll tell you what, I'm just really concerned. I'm concerned in my church. I'm not picking on your church. It's everywhere. But but uh, this uh, this digital age that we're living in, all of this technology, there's things that that we we do on a regular basis until it becomes so common it's not, we we might just fudge on over, fudge on over, fudge on over. Before long, we're doing things that we've preached against and vowed we'd never do. What do you think, God? How does God feel about that? Well, I could probably make an altar call right now from what I'm feeling. Y'all, I appreciate you letting me know where you stand. I can feel it. I'm not trying to be a smart aleck, but I'm going to tell you what. It's something you need to think about and pray about. And I'm going to tell you, if there is a question in your mind, whether it's right or wrong, somebody says, I'm going to go ask the pastor. If you've got the question, you don't need to ask the question because you already know in your heart. God's already dealing with you or you wouldn't be having that question. So when that question arrives, just take care of it. If you want to say something to the pastor, go tell him, hey, I wondered if such and such was right or wrong, and I thought about talking to you, and I thought, well, you know what? It must be wrong, or I wouldn't be thinking this way. So I just want you to know I quit doing it. I'm not going back to it. And thank you for being my pastor. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord some praise right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I know. You come out of the world, you've lived a certain way for many, many years. Over the last few years, I've baptized people all the way to 90 years of age. It's been amazing. I have baptized several people that were on their, as we would say, on their last legs. They just didn't have much time left. And I got to bury them within a year or two years. But you know what? They were ready to meet God. Ready to meet God. But you know, when you've got a lifetime of habits, sometimes it's, it's difficult it's difficult to change. It's difficult to see what's wrong with that. Amen. And, and people come out of the world, let's say they're 40 years old, 50 years old, 60 years old or whatever, 15, whatever. But anyway, you know, they, they, they have certain hairstyles and ways they want to cut and fix and this, that, and the other, and they cannot see what's wrong with cutting the hair. The reason it's wrong is because the Bible says that God gave your hair to you for a, a covering, and, and, and that's your glory. And. and uh, Women with long hair that take care of it—it's a beautiful uh, ornament for them. It's just part of what a woman's supposed to look like. And on the other hand, God said that it's—it's it's a disgrace, it's a shame for a man to have long hair. Well, I like long hair. Okay, so you like long hair. Jesus doesn't. Who wins? You're going to go tell your barber, let's get it off. Have to ask somebody for a reference, I suppose. But are you going to do something about it? And I'm not preaching to anybody here today that's not trying to serve the Lord. I'm preaching to this church right now. Amen. People are supposed to know different. People that have known differently. Amen. And so these are things that we need to take care of. You just don't trim the dead ends off. Because you know what? Where you trim those dead ends off, guess what? There's some more dead ends that come. <laughs> you keep cutting dead ends off, you're going to end up with nothing left. You'll have a man's haircut before long. Come on, let's quit, let's quit playing games. Let's quit trying to uh, fool ourselves and others. Oh, yes, Lord. Somebody say, yes, Lord. Come on, let's surrender to God. Let's give it all to Jesus. Praise God. When the pastor preaches against jewelry, don't take it off your your ears or your fingers and put it on your dress. He said the wearing of jewelry he didn't say just on fingers and, and, and noses and ears. If it's jewelry on my finger, it's jewelry on my shoulder. Amen. If I hang it here or here or whatever I do with it, jewelry is jewelry. Amen. And, it, and, you know, when we are baptized with the Holy Ghost, he beautifies the, the meek with salvation. He beautifies. He beautifies the meek with salvation. That's why we don't need all this other stuff. Amen. Praise God. When your pastor preaches against jewelry and makeup and immodest dress, let the church say amen. amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. when your pastor preaches against TV and Hollywood movies and so forth and so on, let the church say amen. Come on, it's time to get excited about living right. It's time to get excited about the coming of the Lord. It's time to get tuned up, cleaned up, amen, and stay prayed up because no man knoweth to dare the hour when Jesus is going to split the eastern sky and return for his saints. Last but certainly not least, when your pastor reproves you for lukewarmness and unconcern, it's time to hit the altar and say, amen. amen. There's people here today, I'm sure, that could uh, use a little time of prayer trying to get past lukewarmness that you've allowed to, uh, to slip into your life. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight, this afternoon? He that which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. The one that's coming back said, surely I come quickly. Even so come Lord Jesus. Praise God. When you say amen, can I have a little help with music, please? I'm closing. I'm closing in two or three minutes. When you say amen at the conclusion of the book of Revelation, you know what you're saying? I agree with everything that's written in the Word of God from Genesis 1 and 1 all the way to the end of Revelation. If I was you, I'd just start hollering amen. I want to make sure God hears me. I want to make sure he knows that I intend to be saved, whatever it takes. I agree with everything written in the Word of God, and I will live by it. When Jesus said, surely I come quickly, amen, you're saying even so. Come, Lord Jesus. Listen to this last two statements. If you can say amen to everything that is written in God's word, if you can say amen to everything that is preached over this pulpit, well, what do you know about what's preached here, By what I feel and what I see? and what I know. Amen. And if you will live everything that this man of God preaches over this pulpit, and everything that's written in the Word of God, you will make it in the rapture with no doubt. Nothing to fear. Somebody down the road a little bit may say, well, our pastor doesn't think that's important. He doesn't make an issue out of that. Instead of feeling like, well, I wish our pastor was that way, you need to be saying, I'm so thankful that our pastor, amen, preaches against the things of the world. Do you love your man of God? I said, do you love your man of God? Obey them that have the rule over you. For they watch for your souls as they that must give an account, that they might do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable to you. If the Lord was to call all of us home right now, and your pastor standing before the Lord and he begins to bring each one of you by one at a time, are you one of those? your man of God could say they're a wonderful saint so dependable so honest, so fervent amen, so consistent are you going to be one of those and he says well you know they're good folks but they they had some things I've tried to help them with for 15 years and uh, I ask you Lord to have mercy on them I don't want to see them lost what kind of a position would your life put your pastor in right now if he was having to answer to the Lord today about your soul? Something to think about, isn't it? Let me ask you something else. I preach primarily to the church here today, but you know what? Every bit of this applies to every one of us. And if you're here today, it tells me one thing, that in some measure or another, that God is dealing with you and is pulling on the strings of your heart, and you're in a search, you're on a mission to find something better than what you have and to experience something that will really satisfy you and will really make your life worth living. There are some here today, and you know that you have thought many times about taking your life. In fact, it might be forefront in your mind today. I've known of people to come to church, a one God, Jesus' name, church, and leave and go out and commit suicide. Because for some reason or another, either they didn't hear or see what they needed to hear or feel or whatever, or they did and they rejected it. But that was their last, that was their last thing that they were going, that they did before they took their life out to go and stand before God, lost and undone. I'm opening these altars. I don't know how you do things. Is this okay? If you want to pray, if you feel a need to get closer to God, come on down here. That doesn't mean you backslid. It just means you want to get closer to God. Like the old song we used to sing, just a closer walk with thee. Amen. I want to be more like Jesus. If you want to be what God wants you to be, amen, why don't you come and join us in this altar. If you want to give your heart and life to God, come and join us in this altar today. And God's got great things in mind great things in store for us praise God come on let's seek the face of God I love you Jesus I love you Savior I praise your holy name God I wish you I love you Lord